Hey everyone, welcome to episode 75 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. Who would be the best basketball player of all time if you wore sandals in the NBA instead sandals of basketball shoes? Sandals in the NBA. This is such a tough question. Derek and Steve present... I love you. I love but you. But I'm not, I'm not in love. That's how I feel about... Like my breakfast. Oh, it's kind of brutal. It's it like tough brutal. to watch. It is tough to watch. And this Brian guy is not tight. No, he, this Brian guy's a loser. I'm all in, baby. Like, <laughs> la, 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 la. let's speak Spanish and get married forever. <laughs> Literally anywhere else in the world, he doesn't have to. But he does here. And whatever, that's fine. If he didn't want to, he didn't want to. That's fine. I, I don't care. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 75 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, how was your eclipse day? My eclipse day, well, it was overrated. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%, 100% overrated. Over. Did you get to look through the 3D glasses or the... Uh, the, uh, the, the glasses? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. But that was okay. It was okay. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, well, look, there it is. It's like the moon, There's except it's the daytime. It was like just half, a, of it was, the, yeah. half of the sun. Right, it was the sun, but it looked like the moon because it was like dark and it was yellow, kind of like if it was a really vibrant orange moon. Sometimes we get those, you know, like a fire moon. It was dumb. The it eclipse, like overrated. Yeah, super, yeah. super overrated. Yeah. Now, uh, apparently, it's really, really like a life-changing experience if you're in the- The total. The totality. Yeah, yeah. that's what I would imagine. Like, it, apparently, it get the temperature drops like yeah. a ton of degrees. Yeah. It gets pitch black. Yeah, it's pretty. And wild. you can just see probably a ring around the moon, you know. And so in 2024, I'm told in Boston there will be a 97 percent coverage wow. eclipse. So, uh, which means a it'll be much better in Boston, but b maybe more significantly to some people is that you'll be a pretty short drive road trip wise to see 100 percent. Where um, I don't know Upper where no- I don't know okay. where. I would have to verify that, but I bel- I think I Imagine heard Imagine going up to, like, Maine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, that would be cool. So it's like um, – but, yeah, in, tw- in 2024, I'm told that in Boston it will be a 97% coverage eclipse. So Are we eclipse chasers now? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to commit to that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, by contrast, today's eclipse was 63% coverage from what I was – from what I heard. Really so boring amount of pretty coverage. Pretty boring amount of coverage. Basically a cloudy day is, is what this amounted to. Yeah. Uh, when a the cloudy couple hours. Like a cloudy hour. A cloudy hour yeah. with then also some real clouds making it a little bit darker. But like, honestly, if you weren't looking up at it, you wouldn't have been able to tell if, if at any point in time you were like, okay, did it just get darker because a cloud moved across or because the moon moved across? I wouldn't have been able to tell you. And there were a lot of Eclipse Twitter jokes yes way yes. too many i mean i a hit the nail on the head with mine you did yours was good yours was good <laughs> but everyone else's not everyone else's but there was just a lot there there, there was were a lot. lot of eclipses going on today we can the uh, sphere. we can head over to steve nicholas one on twitter <laughs> how about um, that hot twitter handle name this twitter steve got Nich- seven likes <laughs> boom a baby. retweet by me boom, and seven baby. likes uh i'm dabbing at steve nicholas one tweeted today <laughs> i've been staring at the sun for a few hours now and to be honest i can't see a thing so, so there. So there you go. There you go. It's, it's, a, it's the joke. It doesn't. Um, it works better on Twitter. It works better <laughs> in print. It, it doesn't does. translate very it well. It definitely works better on Twitter, but uh, it still works over the podcast as well. Sort I of. think somewhat. Yeah. So, anyway, the eclipse was super uh, anticlimactic. But you know what's opinion. not going to be anticlimactic, Derek? What? Episode number seventy-five of You Heard yes. It Here Second. Correct. Correct. I want to do like a mini, uh, not like a celebration, but just a. 
uh, what's the word I'm looking reflection? for? Reflection? Not a reflection, but just something to like honor the 75th episode. An appreciation. An appreciation. Yeah. Uh, thanks for 75 episodes, Derek. Thanks for 75, See Steve. you at 100. Yeah. <laughs> um, we went back and listened to our 25th episode to see if we did any recognition for that, and we did not. Barely, no. <laughs> um, we, were, we, <laughs> we were more nervous about turning 25 <laughs> than we were about the number about 25. doing episode which 25. Is, yeah, which is how you should be. Yeah. Well, 25, you were still a long way off. 75 is different. 75, 75. This is the last milestone before yeah, actually you're 100. You're hitting the home stretch now. Which is, I don't know what we're calling it, the home stretch to 100. The home stretch to 100, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's, 100's going to come in early 2018. Like, that's not far away. Get the heck out of here. I don't, that's, okay, let's just move yeah. along. So, episode 75, we got a great episode for you today. Uh, BC update. We actually have some important news and yep. fun to talk big, about news. Big BC news. We have a special guest, Austin Giles, a former BC football player. Um, played on the ACC championship uh, game team. Uh, played with Matt Ryan. Played with BJ Raji. Yep. Um, and then we have pop culture. We got a Big Thrones episode. We also saw a special movie. And no sports. No sports. No sports so today. People, so you people who don't like sports, you're in luck today. Welcome. We yeah, really and, don't uh, have any sports. There is about. a very fun know your tens today so i think well yeah one that most people should be able to at least answer i think questions, very so. commonly in the audience people will be able to play yeah. along and we haven't this. done a guest game in a long time so this will be fun right, right um so let's kick it off derek i think with the most important piece of information in the entire show uh martin jarman pulls it off he did it beer and wine will now be sold at boston college's alumni stadium in stadium he did it um what does that mean it means a lot, I think. Um, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and we both pinned it at very low odds. I think we were around like 15 20% were our predictions that he would get this done this year. Um, and I think I had even said if if there was a requirement to get it done before the season starts, then it plummets to almost zero for me. I was like, there's no way that like in August already that he's going to pull this off before the opening game. And literally a Especially week and a half later. Boston College, which is a very um, – Con, not not conservative school, but like a very conservative tame. in terms of yeah, tame yeah, they're, they're, in terms of the rules and regulations. Yeah. So this was something that was going to have to take some maneuvering. And, and from what we heard, we didn't hear a lot about maneuvering. We didn't hear a lot about lengthy legal discussions with the city. We didn't hear a lot about back and forths or any pushback from you know people in authority. Martin Jarman handled this. Could it have been as easy break as... break to the press or anything. Could it have been as easy as just asking for it? Maybe. <laughs> and no one was Brad doing Bates it? Brad probably never asked. Um, it's such a resounding win. Yeah. Like, there's no... I mean, there's obviously negatives to it, but as a new AD coming in and getting that done and allowing beer and wine in the stadium, I don't think you're going to find many people who are not happy about that. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly going to be a few, but... I think this is majority a very easy win for Jarman. Yeah, and so I mean, th this really hits on a number of different angles. First, is that for the student body and the young alumni body and the entire the entire fan base um, that tailgates before the game um, has always had that problem of if they've if they're drinking a lot before the game, you are going to hit a serious wall come the end of the third quarter. You know, if yeah. not before then. You're gonna hit. That. Um, You're gonna get hungover. Yeah, and and so there's always been that problem, but that's not. That's just if it were purely just a fan enjoyment thing. We talked about this before. If BC was really good all the time, then you could endure that. You know, like the USC game. Yeah, we were sober by the end of that game, but it was, I was a blast. Drunk off excitement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, 
Conversely, though, you're not always going to have fans who are willing to just sit through boring football games <laughs> most, while that's going which on. Which are most of Boston <laughs> Which are a lot games. of the games. And, 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 and that shouldn't even be an indictment just on BC because that's a lot of college football games in general. Yeah. Like teams have games against bad teams sometimes. Like there's cupcake games. There's games that just, you know, those noon games sometimes that just don't have the hype to them. Those are going to happen throughout the year. And so not only does this solve that problem, but it also solves a huge problem we talked about before, which is that fans were not going to the game on time. They were desperate BC to fans stay at the tailgates. have never gone to the games on time since we've been going to tailgates. I mean, it just doesn't happen. The no. only, you know, we, for games that we're excited about, we can kind of lead the push among the people that are our friends that are at our tailgates and stuff. But you know this, and I know this. And we're tailgate, Even, yeah. we're tailgate leaders, so like we right. have to get into the we game and shut the, the cars. So we know that it's how different. And this is across the board at, yeah. at most tailgates, I'm assuming, but BC especially, it's just a fun tailgate culture. It's it very is. relaxed. You can do whatever you'd like. It's very open. And then you get to the game, and you're sitting in the hot sun watching a bad football game with no more alcohol. Yeah, like It, it was right. kind of tough. And so yeah. I think you're right. This it was tough unless it was a good game. And the good games have been spread out over the years mm -hmm. here. Um not again not solely as a result of like the team being bad either it's like sometimes the game even if the team is playing well the, like we could be playing main and we could be winning 45 to nothing and it's not fun you yeah. know so um not only that but then you know like you said there's plenty of people that we've gone to tailgates with too that have never cared about bc football and yeah. they still don't yeah, you know they, like they still care it's fine and that's and they'll fine go to the they'll go to the bar which now the game is a bar the game will be a bar now yeah. and so rather than hanging out as long as they can at the tailgate delaying everybody going into the game and then leaving to go to a bar hopefully those people start to go into the game and, and again i said this in the previous podcast i don't care if half the fans are facing the other way from the field <laughs> yeah. like it still helps the environment of the game with noise and bodies in the stands it just it just does yep and so the the closer you can get to packing alumni stadium from edge to edge, the better this team will will benefit from yep. it. So, so what's the over under on beer price? Oh, that's a good question. How about eight twenty five. Eight twenty five. I under. say under. Under. I say under eight twenty five. Wow. If it's under eight twenty, if it's under eight twenty five, all all the people who go to the bar instead will at least go bucks. to half the game. I think seven twenty five is my guess. That's a cheap beer. That's a cheap stadium beer. Stadium beer, but but I, I, I'm expecting BC stadium beers to be cheaper than like. Gillette Stadium beers or TD Garden beers or Fenway Park beers. That's my expectation. Mm. Maybe that's not reasonable of me. Have but you met BC? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, certainly. It, I'll it, take it, it over. It could be over. It could be over. And, and I, I'll be a little disappointed if it I'm is. I'm going to say 850 or 9. I feel like to a collegiate fan base, I feel like it should be cheaper yeah, but than, I don't think than they to a professional fan base. This isn't for the students. No, no, no. It's any, not for the by students. By any stretch of the imagination. No, but um, – yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it's cheaper. I'm gonna go with the under officially, and I'm gonna say 7.25 is my prediction uh, on the price. So that's a that's a low beer. It'll also depend how big they are too. You know, like like yeah. they might serve them in a little Dixie cup and charge seven bucks for them. So, yeah. um, but anyway, huge win for Martin Jarman. Obviously, yeah. we've. We've done nothing but sing his praises since he was hired here. He and hasn't since really. His first I mean, day. I don't say he hasn't done anything, but. We haven't played a football game yet. No, we haven't played a football so let's, game. I wanna, like, He's done a hell of a lot for not having played a football yeah, exactly. game yet. I want to taper but, the excitement for a bit, but well, as a yeah. – given he, that he hasn't really gotten his hands dirty with actual sports yet, yeah. Yeah. he's done a very, very 100%, good job. 100%. That, that's very true. So um, there it is, Martin Jarman. Uh, any closing thoughts on PC? We're a couple weeks away from season opener. So um, No, just that this is a very big change, and BC's not usually good at big changes. Mm -hmm. 
and I, I'm excited to see, hopefully, I don't want to say this is a step in the right direction for, for Boston College in general, but I think it is. Like, maybe change up the old stuffy logo, like be yeah. loosen up some rules and restrictions on tailgating. Like, you once you take baby steps in a direction to be a, mm-hmm. a more loose and fun campus, I think yeah. that's a better thing. Yeah. Obviously, you have to stay under control, but yeah. this is definitely a good sign. Maybe some alternate uniforms. Yes, thank are, are you. the mix at some point. Change I the mean, colors. Jar- Just, yeah. I, I mean, J- Jarman's coming again from Ohio State here. Or like Ohio State's not afraid of that type of thing. Ohio State will roll out those Nike whatever pro combat uniforms. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's coming from that place where he's this hey you know what once a year we'll roll out an all black uniform. That's so not cool. our colors, not our colors at all. This is college football, and like every team's got at least four uniforms they wear throughout the year. BC's yeah. had two for like the past however many years. And they're pretty boring. And they they basically never vary from them. All they do is they is they change. They literally change the extent you can change in Madden. They're like okay you want to wear white pants today or gold. Yeah. You know, where maroon uniforms are white. You know, it's yeah. like they don't have any actual cohesive new uniform. So I, I, I'm, there's no indication that's happening. But, again, just hopefully trickle down. Effect, hopefully man. he can lead the lead the charge in some of these modernizing efforts um, for the program. This so. is definitely modernizing. Definitely. I so. like it. Uh, that's it for BC Update. Brings us to period number two, which is our special guest, Austin Giles, who will be joining us over the phone. And now joining us over the phone, we have Austin Giles. Austin, how are you doing? Hey, what's up, fellas? What's up? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> we know you're super busy on a Monday night. <laughs> um, oh, please. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, so the qu- first question is we ask every one of our guests this, but are you nervous or excited or how are you feeling? Uh, I've heard some good things. I've listened to some of the podcasts. I'm definitely excited. Nice. Cool. Nice. Love it. Um, cool. We'll jump right into it. I know um, a lot of our listeners know because we, we kind of teased it last week, um, but you played on uh, the last great Boston College football team, um, literally the, the most recent good football team. <laughs> um, but we have, a, we have a more important question for you first. So BC, I don't know if you heard, will now sell beer and wine in Alumni Stadium. Um, as a former BC football player, do you support the change, and, and what do you think like, how do you think it'll affect the atmosphere as a from coming from a player's perspective? Oh, I, I absolutely um, I'm excited. I think it's great. I mean, and I can only say that now because I've been out and I've been able to go back to games. But I see that there's going to be able to be, you know, because people want to hang in the parking lot and you know tailgate for before, before the game starts. And they want to have the last couple of drinks, and uh, you know that causes people to not be in the stadium for the beginning of the game. And, you know, even when I was playing, like, it is kind of a letdown when the stadium's not full when you come up for a game, like, no matter who you play. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So I think it'll definitely help get people in the stands early, you know, before the game. And that'll just help the players get all, all psyched up just because, you know, like I said, it is kind of – it's exciting to come out to a full stadium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the more packed the house is, the better, you know, every, the energy is going to be across the board. So, um, you know, switching it over to you now, former BC defensive lineman, as we said – um, played on that ACC championship team in 2009. So uh, a lot of big names that you played with, obviously. Tell us a little bit about that team who ended up losing in the ACC championship game to Virginia Tech. But uh, talk about that team and kind of the, the vibe and the atmosphere that went along with that team in 2009 and in the, your previous years as well. Yeah, I mean, it was we, we actually went to two ACC, back-to-back ACC championship games, uh, both against uh, Virginia Tech. Yep. First year was with uh, Matt Ryan, obviously. And uh, that was 2007, and um, you know we were ranked number two for quite a while, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, um, I can remember coming home from uh, the uh, Virginia Tech Thursday night Virginia Tech game where we came back 
last minute. And yes. Maddie threw a Hail Mary and it caught. And, and we, we flew back that night, and it's, I just remember getting back, and the, the, state, the school was still so alive. Like, it was a Thursday night. We got back at, like, 2 o'clock or something like that, and people were still going crazy in the mods, and they all met us when we were at the buses coming out. And So that was that was pretty exciting. Cool. Even just talking about it right now, I'm getting, I'm getting chills. Like, I just got chills <laughs> in my head. So just thinking about that, like, that was, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but just, so the whole vibe was just, like, a, such like a fun team because we were, we were such, like, a close group. You know, we hung out with each other on the weekends, and, and we, we were such like a, a friendly group that we were all we all hung out with each other. I mean, you know, I guarantee it's still the same way it is now, and that's how teams uh, gel and become successful is when they're they're friends outside of the locker room. Yeah, no, it's, um, it sounds like yeah, it, was it, was, a, it was definitely it was definitely a fun time. I'm definitely very jealous of because we missed you by just one yeah. year, so I'm definitely very jealous of those teams because after that, we got uh we went pretty downhill. A little bit of a bad run. <laughs> um, but following well, up, I, mean, on, I think. I think, I think part of that is you know I think that that's kind of what happens when there's the amount of coaching turnover that they had yeah. after I left. I mean, even when I was there, like I was I was able to be under Coach O'Brien and his staff for two years. I think no three years, which I absolutely love. And that's kind of the his, Coach O'Brien his staff was pretty much the main reason why I went to BC. Um, and then he he went to North Carolina State, and then and he was there. For for two years, and then Jags left, and then Spaz was hired. Uh, Spaz, there was, uh, I think, was it Adazio right after Spaz? Yeah, Adazio came after Spaz, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, for Adazio to come in, and, and he's so kids that are going to believe in a program when it, and when there's turnover that happens frequently like that. But, this, you know, as of now, Adazio has been going up. It's an exciting couple of years right uh, um so just playing in there do you do you, do you yeah. still follow bc football or, or what's your thoughts on the program's direction right now because adazio is probably in a uh, i know it's really not a contract year but that's kind of what we're calling it where he has to have a, a pretty decent year or there may be some changes so what's your thoughts on the program I mean, anytime right you lose uh you know problems become amplified as long as you win uh, problems pretty much solve themselves, but um, so I think if um, I think you know, I, I have followed him. Yes, to answer your question, I mean I do I do watch him every Saturday, and I try to get to a game or two a year. Um, like this year, I'll, I'll probably be at the Notre Dame game. My, my brother played at Notre Dame, so we'll make sure we go to that one. Oh, cool. nice, nice. And um, uh, probably be the Florida State game. The games I'll, I'll definitely get to, but I definitely try to watch everyone. And yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know any of the players now. Like I've been out. Uh, six years or seven years, something like that. Right, right. Um, so I mean, there's been a whole class that's went there since I've been there. But uh, yeah, I definitely do still keep in touch and or keep you know an eye on you know what's going on. The recruits they got, the recruits they got coming in, and apparently they got a pretty sweet running back, which is always good. Yeah, um, yeah. Offensive line's older, and that always helps. Yeah, they've had a young um, offensive line for a couple of years now, so hopefully they're starting to grow together a little bit and uh, you know continue to get stronger in that in that area. Yeah, for sure. So. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it, probably nice in some ways to be turned into a little bit more of a fan and not really have those personal connections as long anymore. Um, but so move, moving forward, you know, as you've gotten further separated from BC, you were telling us a little bit back during your time at BC um, when you had a lot of time to kill during bowl season. So uh, let 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 the fans know a little bit about some of the activities that you uh, would partake in during that time uh, and what was unique about those things. Well, uh, I'll, I'll leave some of the activities out. Um, 
but uh, but like I, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to five bowl games while I was there. Wow! Uh, each year I was there, which is which is pretty cool. I mean, you you look forward to bowl games, and and um, it was kind of expected every year, so it wasn't like such a big deal that we made a bowl because it was just expected, and yeah. that's just what you did. I mean, you, you went. It was just a matter of what game you were going to, yeah. when we were going, and and where it was. So we knew we were going to go to one every year, depending on where. But uh, but no, so like when when students would leave, you know, they'd leave for Christmas break and they'd be gone, you know, early December and they'd be gone till September. So we'd still be there having bowl practice, and all we do during the day, we'd have you know, we'd have like a two-hour practice or so, and then we'd lift and do film, and you know, all in all, it was probably about four hours. Outside of that, we had really nothing to do, so we'd goof around a lot and and yeah, do you know, go out to places and do things. But myself and my roommates at the time, you know, we, we got involved with a. Uh, an agency called Boston Casting, and uh, we, you know, we filled out a, a website. We took pictures of ourselves, and <laughs> we submitted them. And uh, you know, we went down to the, the Boston Casting office uh, in Austin, and uh, we auditioned for a couple films, and we you know, left our information. And apparently, there was a, a, a role. I don't want to call it a role. I didn't have any lines, but I, there was a position that I fit, and uh, it was actually for. Uh, uh, grown-ups too. And, uh, I was. I was. Just, I was a frat guy, so I mean, I'm the bigger guy, blonde hair. I guess I fit them all, but I, I would never consider myself to be a frat type person. But <laughs> uh, so that, that was a lot of fun, and we got to hang out with like Sandler and um, you know, all his buddies and play basketball with them during you know between shoots, which is pretty cool. Cool. Wow. Um, done a, like a equalizer with Denzel Washington. Uh, that was pretty sweet. Um, I was like a hospital worker on that one. Uh, the Heat. With uh, Melissa McCarthy and, and Sandra Bullock. Yes. Yep. Who, if Sandra listens to your podcast, uh, you guys can give her my number. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's got to be the other way around. Uh, you gotta, you gotta give us her number. <laughs> oh, great! I've been out of the game for a little while. Now. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I was a, I was a security guard, like bouncer in the heat, which was a lot of fun to do. And no lines in um, any of them, though. No, I mean, and I've kind of figured out like how to do that. Like the way that they do that is, at least to my knowledge, like. You have to have a certain amount of hours on the set to become eligible to join SAG. You have to do a certain amount of background work to be eligible to join the Screen Actors Guild. And then once you do that, you can you know, there's there's fees every year that you pay, in it, but then you're also eligible to audition for speaking roles. And that's kind of when uh, there's a, a difference in, in you know responsibility and um, you know lines and everything come along with once once you're in SAG. So I mean, it's still something I'd like to do for sure uh but it's just tough you know with work i kind of i do i still do it whenever i have time and i'm able to do it for work but it's, it's far and few between just because i'm, I'm kind of focused on work right now yeah. that's awesome well keep us posted on that i, I want to see next movie you make some weird facial expressions because that's like <laughs> as close to speaking as you can get <laughs> well i mean it's pretty much just my face but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Cool. My face, um, is, my face is weird as it gets. So. <laughs> um, well, Austin, are you ready to play Know Your Tens? Are you ready for the game that we've prepped you for? Hell yeah, let's go. All right, let's do it. Derek, hit him with the theme song. <laughs> All right. So that is the Know Your Tens theme song. It's been a while since we've heard that. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, Austin, I'm going to go over the rules really quickly, and then we're going to get into the theme of tonight's Know Your Tens. Um, so the rules are All as right. follows. T uh, well, it's actually pretty straightforward. We have ten questions for you. 
Um, they are all about the same topic. We'll keep track of your score for you. I'll keep track and say what you've got. I would say seven or eight is about the the good score. Uh, the good score mark. range. So if From you can get eight, you're good. If you can get seven, right. seven's you're, pretty, good, you're pretty too. good. If you get six or less, it's pretty bad performance. But but it, it does depend how tough the questions are. True. Too, so true. Um, so do they get harder as it goes along, or are we starting kind of easy here? I think it's just random. I think it's all right, all right. so there's de- there'll definitely be some easy ones, but yeah, hopefully some hard ones. Um, all right, when you get something right, you'll hear this. You get something wrong, you'll hear this. Um, and now to surprise everyone with <laughs> tonight's uh, theme, Derek hit him. Hit me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think people know what that is. Yes. <laughs> So if that doesn't give it away, tonight's <laughs> theme is The Office. So you told us you're a big Office fan. We've got 10 average to above average difficulty questions for you. Um, I think you'll do pretty well. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Let's lead it off. The first question. All right. What is the name of Michael Scott's crazy best friend? Twitch. No. Wait. Hold on, don't. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazier than that. That's your, it's your one hint. Michael Scott. Uh, Ryan Howard? Ryan Howard. Can we see Ryan Howard? Todd Packer. Oh, my God, yeah. His, you know, his saint and his, his transient yeah. <laughs> that's an easy one. That, that was a layup. All right. All right that was a warm up. That was, that was, that was the warm up. But it does count. <laughs> it does count. You're 0 for 1. All right. All right. All right. All right. Get, get your head in the game. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I got it. All right. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm in it. All right. Here we go. Question number two Who is the only character on The Office that shares his name with the exact name, full name of the actor? BJ Novak. BJ. Oh, oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> no. All right. We'll, we'll take it back. That didn't count. All right. Uh, Creed Bratton. Creed Bratton. Can I see Creed Bratton? Correct. Nice. <laughs> good recovery. Very good recovery. I think he's on the right track now. I think he's yeah. good. Don't get, he's a little too excited. Settle down. You know the answers. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. All right. You are now one for two. 50% clip. All right. This should be a layup. What school did Andy graduate from? Cornell. Cornell. Can I see Cornell? Correct. All right. Two, two for three. He's on a roll now. On a roll. All right. Here we go. Question, go question number four. Who replaces Michael as the manager of the Scranton branch? Ooh, this, uh, this, this can go a couple different ways here. Um, are we talking like permanent replacement or like right after he leaves? It was right after he left in like the, I think it was like the sixth or seventh season towards the end. I think it was the permanent one. All right. All right. Well, let me let me. Uh, uh, well, they could be one of like three people, but I'll say initially D'Angelo Vickers. D'Angelo Vickers. Can we see D'Angelo Vickers? That is correct. That is right. correct. D'Angelo Vickers, played by Will Ferrell. Because it could have been Robert California, could have been Andy Bernard, could have been Dwight Schrute eventually. <laughs> yeah. But we got it. All right. There you go. And I don't think Will Ferrell did a very good job in that role. Yeah. He was kind of weird. No, I was pretty. I was excited to have him to see him that he was going to do it, but it was it was pretty short. But. 
fell flat. It was all right. Yeah. Um, okay, question number five. You are four for five? Uh, three for four. Three for four. Sorry, three for four. Question number five. This is an easy one, too. Where do Jim and Pam get married? Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Can I see Niagara Falls? That's correct as well. Four for five. <laughs> wow. Good recovery. All right. Here we go. Question number six. What a cappella group did Andy sing in? And for bonus points, who played Broccoli Rob? Uh, Rob Lowe, I think. And um, uh, Dory Migos, maybe? I don't think that's right, actually. Unfortunately, wrong for both. Wrong for both. So the name of his a cappella group was Here Comes Treble. Uh, and Bro- oh, and it's it's Stephen Colbert. It is Stephen Colbert, correct? But we can't yeah. <laughs> we can't award you those points, however. Okay. All right. So you are officially right. four for six. Four for six. All right. All right. Question number seven: What does Michael originally try to order at Hooters? Um. Chicken breast, hold the chicken. <laughs> chicken breast, hold the chicken. Did I see that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, you really pulled that one out. I thought that was going to be a really hard one. Uh, so there we go. Five for seven. Five for seven. Na- clip. Nailed that one. <laughs> um, okay. Five for seven. Actually, a couple questions left. You're on a decent pace. How do you feel, Austin? You think you're you're coming back All into right. it? I feel good. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna end eight for ten. All right. All good. right. I, like I mean, that. you know the answers. <laughs> yeah. I know you. You really know all the answers. You just have had a couple of brain cramps. I just gotta think. I just gotta. I just gotta slow down and think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Okay. So this one's a fun one. <clears throat> Can you name three of the boom roasted insults? Um. Oh, that's a good. That's a good one. Uh. Meredith, you hook up with so many guys, you're starting to look like one. Boom roasted. Um, boom roasted. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oscar's ga- Oscar, you're gay. <laughs> boom roasted. Uh, <laughs> um, um, uh, Dwight, you're a kiss ass. Boom Correct. roasted. All three, right? Nice. nice. Those are three good ones. Nice. Um, some ones you missed. Nice. Jim, you're 6'11", you weigh 90 pounds. Gumby has a better body than you. Boom roasted. <laughs> uh, Pam, you failed art school. Boom roasted. Kevin, I can't decide between a fat joke and a dumb joke. Boom roasted. <laughs> Creed, your teeth called. Your breath stinks. Um, Angela, there you are. I didn't see you behind that grain of rice. Boom roasted. <laughs> uh, Stanley, you crush your wife during sex and your heart sucks. Boom roasted. And then my favorite, Andy, Cornell called. They think you suck. And you're gayer than Oscar. Boom roasted. So we'll give you the points on those. Yeah, so, yeah, the points. That was very good and a, and a difficult question. So props to that. Uh, yeah. so, all right, we got six for eight. Six for eight. Two, two more two for, more the, for, eight, for eight for ten. Eighty percent. Here we go. Question number nine. What is Dwight's quiet right. cousin's name? Moe's. Moe's. Can I see Moe's? Correct. Nice. There we go. Seven for nine. Seven for nine. All right, this last question I think is a little difficult. So this is this is going to be the game right. breaker. What is the national sport of Icelandic paper companies? 
Flunkington. Flunkerton. Flunkerton. Can I see Flunkerton? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> we gave you a little leeway there. <laughs> Flonkerton. Flonkerton is correct. Well, Austin. What are, the, it, what are the two that I missed? You missed. What is the name of Michael Scott's crazy best friend? Which is ah, Todd yeah. Packer. And then um, what was the other one? Uh, the acapella group. The acapella group. Dick Bernard, yeah. Here, here comes right. trouble. Hey, 8 for 10 is not bad. 8 for 10 is good. Better thought, than definitely I would have done on this. I thought you getting the chicken breast hold the chicken was a was a really great one. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, Austin. Well, congrats. Hey, this was that's it. That's p pretty painless, right? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, Austin, you're welcome on anytime. Um, we're we're gonna keep cruising through. We've got pop culture and sports following this, but uh, we appreciate you joining us. Um, if you do have Sandra Bullock's number, are you still in contact <laughs> with her? Make her listen to the podcast. <laughs> I probably would not give it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, thanks again for joining, Austin. Um, congrats on 8 for 10. Not too shabby. I think you could have done better, but 8 for 10 <laughs> is still pretty good. Yeah, for now. Cool. Any parting thoughts for the listeners? Sure, sure guys. I, I had a good – Say one more. If you guys are – probably, I'll probably be up at uh, BC for a couple of games, so I can run into you guys. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We got, we got a tailgate. We're on uh, Brighton. Yeah, so what are they going to do now for, for tailgating now if they're if – they're, Shea. Yes. And uh, they're, they're doing the indoor facility. Yeah, so Shea, there's no more on Shea. Um, so I think they're, they're already starting to build that. So everything's moved over to Brighton campus for the most part and, like, the other parking lots on campus. But we, we've been on Brighton for two years now, actually. We were early adopters of, of Brighton campus, so we've got yeah. a very nice spot. Yeah. So it's, it's right by the, uh, the theology. You guys take the bus, right? Say it again? Take the bus to get to the stadium, right? No, no, no. So, so we're actually it's, – it's not like – it's not too far over. It's right where the theology library is. It's right in that parking lot. So, actually, we just walk right out oh, uh, right. right onto Com Ave, basically. So, it's actually pretty close. About, I mean, it's still a little bit of a lengthy walk all the way to the stadium on the other side of campus, but it's like, you know, 10, 15, 10 minutes maybe. I was so. thinking – Newton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Right. Um, yeah, well, you'll have to come join us. Notre Dame, we'll be there. Yeah, it's a 12 o'clock game, right? Yeah, yeah noon. unfortunately. Noon. Kind of, yeah. We'll see you for the pregame <laughs> and the postgame. Pregame eggs, postgame kegs. <laughs> Done. Cool. Awesome. Austin, thanks for joining. Um, we'll give you the link to this tomorrow so you can spread the word. And uh, if you have Matt Ryan or BJ Raji's phone number, too, <laughs> feel free to ask them to be on the pod, too. <laughs> we'll do. I'll, I'll let them know. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Talk to you All later. Right, thanks, Austin. Alrighty, so thanks to Austin Giles for joining us. He had a little bit of a, some phone trouble for a little bit of that, so you guys might have had a few of his comments cut out, but for the most part held up well and uh, a great performance. I know you're tense. Eight for ten is, is very good performance, and you could tell he knew the yeah, answers. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's like one of the better eight for tens because it was like he basically answered before we gave him the answer, but it was still wrong. It was wrong because <laughs> he, he was already notified it was wrong. Yeah. You know, but um, but yeah, and then – Too quick. He, he got all the tough ones. I mean, he, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't get – well, I guess the – the acapella group is pretty tough, but yeah. the you know he was obviously kicking himself at number one for not getting it. I think he just wasn't in the zone yet. At gotta one. get in the zone. So uh, he knows now. Next time, now you, you know. Gotta be do a few warm up questions before <laughs> yeah. you come on. Um, yeah. So uh, that wraps up quarter number or sorry period number two uh, with the special guest Austin Giles. Thanks again, and it brings us to period number three, which is pop culture. Pop so, culture, baby. Um, again, like Steve said, no sports today besides no sports. besides the BC football that we've talked about. So, but we do have some pretty cool pop culture. 
yeah, uh, stuff. segments, <laughs> <laughs> and things to talk about. By pretty cool things to talk about, it's the stuff we usually talk about, which is Game of Thrones. Yeah, but then there's a movie review. But then, review then there's a movie through and something else. And You're like right. a right. cookie review. There's some more stuff. So, uh, as usual, uh, since Game of Thrones has come back on, I've been putting the timestamp at which you can skip ahead to, to skip spoilers. So right now is when you should do that. Skip to the timestamp in the description of the episode. You should pause the episode and watch Game of Thrones yes. instead <laughs> yeah. of listening to pause this Pause the episode and right now go watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. No matter whether you're at work or in the car or whatever, go watch Game of Thrones now. Pull over on the side of the road. So um, Game of Thrones, spoilers coming up now. Here they are. Uh, the penultimate episode is always the hyped one, and it's oftentimes the one that delivers. Yes. Um, this episode delivered again. Now, now – this whole season's kind of been delivering. So yes. it's not like a penultimate, like, oh, we waited for the penultimate, and now boom. Like, that's kind of been happening a lot lately because this show is coming to an end. So, yes. um, But action-wise, the penultimate lived up to the hype. Um, what are your knee-jerk reactions? Knee-jerk reactions, I honestly didn't love it. I, uh, I, I, yeah. I, it's tough because there was – I liked it up until one specific point, yeah. and I think you know which point that is. I know – Roughly what that is, and yeah. it, then it just became like so fictionalized that it was, like yeah. John Snow needs to get on that dragon immediately. <laughs> get on the freaking dragon! <laughs> like, why does he look at her yeah, and then turn and you, like you don't have to protect the dragon from stuff. That's why the dragon's there to protect you from stuff. <laughs> get on the dragon <laughs> and fly away. And he, he and he was protecting the dragon from like the the the, the, foot the least harm harmful. <laughs> Dead yeah. arm, uh, army of the yeah, dead. John soldiers. Snow. Is that was a momentary. Was he showing off? I don't know. Who, like, was he trying to impress Daenerys? I don't know. I did really, really like that they made that group interact the way they did. Yes. You just kind of got everybody talking to everyone because that's a good group of characters, and yeah. they need to bounce experiences off each other. Yeah. And I think they did a good job of that. Yeah. The scene itself was wild because that's yeah. not what you're expecting like when you get see them on that island you're like well they all can't die <laughs> like you know they, so there was a moment when you were like could they all maybe die no <laughs> like well, imagine like, all of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was a there was a brief moment there no it was not a moment for no me. not that you not that you realistically believe that they were all going to die but it was like there was that moment where you're like, they're about to die. Like, like she has to show up now, or else like they're gonna die. Yeah. So like, what? Well, how is she gonna show up now or not? Like, um. So anyway, Daenerys shows up on with her dragons, um, and uh, she soars in the dragons. She now has seen the army of the dead for the first time. Um, we'll get into more of that discussion later as far as what that means to her. Um, but let's briefly talk. Let me revisit what I was saying to you. So I did love the episode. Um, I, I will. I would say I loved it. Loved, but um, I do share some of the same. In love with it. I'm not in love with it. I just loved it. Um, I I would say I share some of the same sentiments that you had. One, the hound was pissing me off. Oh yeah. Like stop kicking the body of the army of the dead soldier that you're harboring so, because he's the one who's drawing everyone to you. Like the whole reason the army that had flocked to them in the first place was because that thing kept screaming and like obviously had some. It obviously has some call to the rest of them that it's like, hey, I'm here. Like, come. So I want to make a, a general complaint about the season before we get into that because this is part of it. Mm-hmm. I think the show is suffering from not having George R. R. Martin's writing, at least from character development, because each there's so the characters are so wildly different than they were 
even a season ago. Mm. Like Arya is a completely yeah. different person. We'll talk about that too. The they spent two seasons trying to make you like the Hound, and you start to kind of recognize him as a normal, likable person, and then all of a sudden, this episode, he's a total jerk and yeah. ruins everything. And I don't know. I just like felt like even Gendry, Gendry pops back in, and he's just like this peppy little like. Yeah. I think all the characters are so different than they used to be. I think that not it's in a, not in a terrible way, yeah. but I just uh, it, it reflects poorly on like this episode where like the Hound is now not a good dude. I mean, he's never been like a great person, but they spent two years trying to get you back on the yeah, hound bandwagon. And, and it's not like whether he's a good person or not. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, stop it. Like yeah. there's a lot of dumb mistakes. So, so yeah, I, I think that that is mostly true. I, I, I do think actually that in some, for some characters, it maybe has worked the opposite way. I think, um, like, I think that Jon Snow's character has gotten a lot better yeah, since, I agree with um, that. since it veered from the writing, not that the writing was bad on Jon Snow or anything, but I think the show has done a, an excellent job with Jon Snow's character since the books have been outrun. Um, I would probably say the same for Danny, even though we've she's had some things where she's kind of gotten aggravating. Yeah, I think the dynamics of the character have stayed really strong. Um, so back to the Hound, though, like stop kicking this this um, zombie, stop throwing rocks across the like like. So had he not thrown that second rock that slid all the way across, they would have stood there for another ten minutes probably. Yep. Which, as we learned, ten minutes is all it takes for the Raven to get to uh, to Daenerys and, yeah. and for her Daenerys ten minutes back so up. Like yeah. seventeen minutes total is like how long that takes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was another thing that you could complain about. Certainly, was that they were there for no more than one night. Like they they did, they did show the passage of time. Like they're all laying down, sleeping, freezing. Like they were there for at least one night. Yeah. Still, they were there for no more than one night. Like they yeah. didn't show multiple nights there, and that's how fast Daenerys got there. So. You could complain about that, I yeah. think. So that's um, one aspect of the Suicide Squad. Overall, yeah. they were mostly successful. Yes. I mean, there's some. some they lost. Them. They lost. Um, they lost Thoros. Yes. So Thoros dies quietly. The only real casualty from that group, uh, and then the like randomly a couple, like four or five random people died. Yeah. Right. Um, and right. then obviously the big hitters, the dragon dying. Yes. Which is so frustrating to me, because so, it felt so forced. This ice, dra- this ice dragon, and. It could have easily been Jon Snow gets on the thing and real quick and not wastes time, yes. and the, he, the dragon still gets hit. A different dragon still gets hit. Right, well, because well, the different dragon did get hit. The, it wasn't the dragon yeah. that he waited. You know, the dragon that they were riding didn't get hit, yeah, although he got, came very close. Yeah, but they were just sitting around. Like, yeah, get, yeah. It, it well, burn so, some people, that yeah. dragon's sitting on the ground. Yeah, oh. so that the dragon that got hit, I don't know if Jon Snow waiting around would have changed anything because that dragon that was still flying. They made it seem like that was the reason. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't know. I, I don't think I – I didn't get that vibe from – I didn't get specifically that vibe. I, I got the Jon Snow waited and then forced him to not make it onto the dragon. Like that was his fault that he got dragged into that water and like Daenerys had to leave without him. I didn't tie it what Jon Snow did to the dragon being shot personally. I didn't yeah. – I didn't – I didn't I just draw tied that it all, I tied it all into a very bad play. Yeah. And bad plays hurt the whole team. Yeah, yeah. Jon Snow sh- absolutely should have gotten on that dragon right away. <laughs> I still think they, had he done that, I think they would have had the Night King throw I, that That's that fine with me. That would have been a better yeah. scene to me. Yeah, right. Like, like, why like does as, Snow, they're all, as they're all flocking, why does the he Night need King, to, number one overall pick, why, fires a bullet. <laughs> why <laughs> like, do we need to think Jon Snow's going to die again yeah. and then come back to life again yeah. and I mean, so the answer to that, cold, like they have to force cold hands in there. It just felt, you know, why they weird. did it, and I would say it's almost definite why they did this is because they wanted the extra dramatization of 
Daenerys and Jon's character. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, Jon gets on the dragon. Like, they, they lose that whole, A, she's looking down, he's yeah. looking up, she's reaching out her hand. He's, like, he, like, valiantly says no for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. But then the whole thing of her standing atop the tower waiting for him is a really powerful moment for the character development of yeah, those two. Sure. It's, like, Jorah's, like, we have to go. And she's, like, no, like, like another moment. And, like, she's waiting. So that's a strong point. And then, obviously, their ensuing discussion where she's for the first time like actually sort of respectful of someone who is giving her allegiance yeah but like 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 and you know maybe it's because she's struggled to get Jon Snow to say yes to 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 supporting her or you know um pledging allegiance to her and so she knows that how difficult that could be and then he finally does and she like is kind of floored by it uh, it's like that's kind of the vibe you get um but ultimately I think that's why they did that with Jon Snow was, okay. was to increase the magnitude of that relationship Okay. Um, so the 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 uh, trial is successful. The experiment is successful. They get a capture a White Walker mm-hmm. or a, an undead uh, yeah. zombie or whatever we're calling them. A right. A white. I'm sick of calling them Army of the Dead Soldiers. Like, yeah. I can't do that anymore. This, they're so. zombies. They're zombies. Okay. And yeah. they eat people yeah. still. So they're definitely yeah. zombies. <laughs> um, their two main takeaways are undead dragon. Big takeaway. Big takeaway and zombie to to, to King's, Landing. King's Landing. So what are your thoughts on those two things quickly, and then we'll move on to the other storyline. The dragon, you had to know was coming. Yeah. But like, e- even if you didn't explicitly call that out, most people would say, yeah, I saw it. One, I, of, our, one I, of our good friends said it last week. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's a common theory. But yeah, it's common. It's And, and you know, there, it makes sense. There's, it's three, the only there's three dragons. This war isn't going to happen with three dragons versus zero dragons. If it was three dragons versus the army of the un- of the dead... The three dragons would win yeah. in 30 yeah. seconds. Well, and, it's yeah. literally Except fire ex- versus... Yeah, all they'd have to do is hit the White Walkers first and, like, blow them to smithereens, and then they can't throw those arrows, and everything else would be literally just, like, burning, like, paper is, is like, what yeah, that would be like. Yeah. So... The, it could have been so easy. Yeah. Now, Killing them all could have been so yeah, easy. Yeah, there's clearly going to be a scene where Danny comes face-to-face or, like, proximity to that dragon, yep. her, her child, um, who is now breathing ice or whatever it's going to do. Do we think it's ice or fire? It's gotta be it's ice. It's gotta right? be ice. It's gotta be ice. Yeah, yeah. It'll it'll breathe it'll breathe ice. I imagine. Um, we'll probably get some epic scene where one breathes fire and one breathes Duh, ice. Yeah, and it's and gonna like, hit it's the middle. It's gonna clash explode. in the middle, and who knows what'll happen? Yeah. So, um, as you pointed out, fire will always win because it can just melt the ice. But fire is definitely um, the winner in that. Yeah, but yeah. we'll we'll see. Maybe it'll be some other weird thing. So, <laughs> um, so for that, it just increases the drama of this battle between the army of the dead and the humans yeah um for the other for the other one i'm more excited in the short term about the other one um yeah this this meeting is going to be the most tense dialogue only scene that we'll have had in the entire entire show probably um you're gonna have john danny don't it might not just be dialogue you don't know that it's true it's true um even if it is just dialogue it'll be the most tense obviously if it's more than dialogue it'll be crazy but um, you'll have Jon Snow and Danny both preaching this, and Cersei's still believing that's a ploy. You know, Cersei's not going to just believe that this is real. You and know? then they're going to bring up the zombie. And, and Cersei's going to have them right there within her killing distance. You know, she could choose to kill them both, and <laughs> like she would rule the she would rule Westeros. This forever. could be epic. Like, so there's a lot. Go- like that's going to be you're going to be on the edge of your seat for that scene, no matter what. So I cannot wait for that. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about it. That's like. Yeah, so the the one thing I'll say is that from whatever happens at that meeting changes the course of the show dramatically because they either work together or don't. 
So if they don't, then you're back on the same path, and yeah. we have to fight the walk White Walkers some other way, and there's still the War of the mm -hmm. Seven Kingdoms. But if she says, yeah, like, let's all go f north and fight the Army of the Dead. Which you know she won't do without a... Maybe, but I'm just saying, it, the, the show will change dramatically. Yeah. Six seasons of this, yeah. like, ar like uh, Battle for the Kingdoms. Yeah. And then seventh season, the last season, just going to be, all right, now we'll fight the White Walkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, there's no chance Cersei says yes to that without it being part of a secret plan, obviously. Well, like, yeah, no. well, like she's not going to actually genuinely be willing to go fight the White Walkers. I have no idea army. how it's going to actually end. Me neither. Me neither. Because like how like, they're going to land the ship. It, Game of Thrones is not a normal show. <laughs> you know, a normal show, Cersei would lose. Like that's just like she's the, and, she's the bad guy, and John yeah, and Danny would, would get married, would, would get and, married and win. And even yeah. though that's incestual, people don't care anymore. Yeah. So that's that's how it would happen if it was a normal show. It's not. Like Cer like, I would not be surprised if one Cersei iota wins. if Cersei yeah. kills both of them. Not not in this episode. That I would be utterly stunned if she killed both of them in this episode. But if in the end she kills both of them, and she and Jamie are like king incestually queen. the king and queen that everyone hates, that wouldn't shock me a bit. No, like so. This is an unusual show, and anything can, that's why it's going to be a phenomenal last season. I'm nervous. I'm nervous too. <laughs> I am. Um, so they just need to. They haven't. They need to give us the ending we all want. We've suffered through. Yeah. Not suffered, but yeah. It has been hard to watch your yeah. favorite characters die. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Like I, I, I would like it if John and Danny just don't die. Just like, don't die. Just like we've we've lost enough. Let's like let's kill Cersei. Like yeah. Um, like I don't need any more crazy jaw-dropping surprises. I think the one of the biggest things potentially working against John at this point in the storyline is that he's got multiple relatives still alive. And like I feel oh, like, like I feel like, like that's Sansa. Well, I feel like, like technical relatives. Yeah, Arya and Sansa. I feel like that's a bad thing for him and Bran. Like so the, this the whole crew is still alive, which whole is not, crew. they're not I don't I have a tough time believing that whole crew just lives lives to the end, you know. Yeah, someone's going to die. Someone's going to so, die. Speaking of that crew, yeah. moving on from that storyline, we'll we'll get into Arya and Sansa, yeah. which is also becoming and frustrating. Little, and Littlefinger, and Littlefinger. I, I don't mind the Littlefinger piece because that's how he operates. That's how he always has operated, and I like that about him. Yeah. Like that is expected. But Arya and Sansa are both acting unlike themselves. Arya more so, and, yeah. and that sucks because I've liked like everyone's loved Arya. She was for so cool. Multiple seasons, and even this, even the beginning of this season, it was like she's acting a little weird, but she's still badass, and you yeah. still love her. And, like, she really kind of pissed me off this episode. Yeah. Like, like, just, she, for, for all the, she's always been, she's become, like, a hard ass. Yeah. But she's ne not been irrational. Like, she was being completely irrational in this episode. Like, when Sansa's like, yeah, I was, I was uh, forcefully married to Joffrey, and they made me write this letter. Yeah. Like, what is so hard to believe about that? Yeah. Like, there's, that is not implausible in any way. And Arya's like... Arya's just saying, yeah, okay, sure, like that. You're definitely lying. Like what? Like, and she's all mysterious. Like, it, oh, I yeah. just need, like, I could kill you if I yeah. wanted to. Like, like the up, whole Arya. scene with the knife was so, like, yeah, all I need is your face. Like, and I could, like, what? Like, what are Wait. you doing? Like, you two are, should be we've each got, other's biggest allies. Left bigger, in the entire world. Bigger fish to fry. Like, yeah, just talk this out. Like, I was trying to relate, like, relate it to a real world scenario. Like. Two siblings. We just need to sit there and talk this out. Like, okay, what the hell? What have you? What are you now? Like, yeah. like, tell me about you, and yeah. then I'll tell you about me. And like, let's just like, we've been apart for a long time. Let's sit down like siblings and figure out where we're at here in life and, yeah, and it's like move Ar forward. Arya like, is like not even 
considering the the whole bull crap that yeah. Sansa had to go through. Which, like, by the way, I didn't care about until now. Yeah. Like, like, I was sick of Sansa, too. But, like, now, I've, like, in a weird way, I'm starting to, like, kind of take her side a little I'm bit like, more. I'm like, Arya, you've been through literally nothing. Yeah. I mean, you, you've learned to kill, and you learned to be a really cool, dope face changer. <laughs> and Sansa's been married twice and, like, raped. Raped and, a and bunch of times. Yeah. And, like, like, almost killed a bunch of times. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. And, again, like, for most of the show, I haven't really been that sympathetic towards Sansa either. Like, I know she's gone through a lot of terrible stuff, but, like... I don't know. I kind of you kind of don't love her as a character. Like most it's a terrible show, so terrible things happen. Yeah. But now you're like, all right, you're finally found someone and something that should work yeah. properly, and it's you two being back home, back in Winterfell, f- together. She's leading Winterfell while Jon's gone. Your brother, Jon, is yeah. gone. It's bad. It, it's it's just, like, why are you doing this? Like, uh, it's yeah. So unfortunate. Arya is aggravating us a little bit. I think it, the, somehow, some way, they'll find out, and Sansa will end up killing Littlefinger. Yeah. That's my prediction. That's, that's she. That, they've that's, been. That's bold. They've been like, yeah. not an item, but he's always latched onto her for the past couple of seasons. Yeah. Something has to happen there. I kind of think Arya kills Littlefinger, not Sansa. But hmm. I, I think I do. I would. I would tend to believe the sisters out, outlast Littlefinger. I mean, Littlefinger couldn't really drive them apart to to the point of like death. I don't think. Maybe. And uh, and obviously Brienne, the, the 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 point of tension with Brienne and Sansa is also annoying. Like yeah. Sansa, why won't you Bran just listen to her? Ev- yeah, even Brienne's like, dumb now. Yeah, no, oh. Brienne, Brienne. Oh, Brienne is Brienne. cool. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brienne. Uh, have you heard dumb. this theory that Brienne's the Night King? By the way. Yes. What do you I think, think of you it? told me that? Yeah. Um, I don't get too deep into theories because anything can happen. Yeah. Now yeah. that Bran is like a, a time loop. Yeah. He can literally be anywhere all t- yeah. at all times and has a bunch of memories. Like, yeah. Screw you, Bran. Yeah. Like, you literally, ru- you're the wild card and you kind of ruin the show. Yeah. Because you, there's no there's no end to the possibilities, so they can just yeah. wrap it up however they like with a yeah. nice little bow because mm-hmm. Bran can do anything at any time. That's kind of why I think Bran is the Night King. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of that shit could have been avoided this episode if Bran knew that they were about to be surrounded like, <laughs> yeah. on a rock by the army of the dead <laughs> like yeah. you know and he's so, having trouble controlling it Derek. yeah <laughs> so uh for those of you who haven't seen that theory i actually recommend you go look it up only because there's some substantial evidence of it like there's like some se- the scenes with the children of the jungle and like all those things like in brand's annoying storyline that nobody cared about actually were kind of significant in that context like there's some legitimate reason to believe he might be the night king so it's confusing and i don't really understand it but um he also like kind of stares at Jon Snow every time he sees him, the Night King. Really? I I, or I feel that way anyway. Like it's seen. I feel like every time I've seen the Night King, he's like staring at the camera. Why is Bran bad then? He's always I don't been know. good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's not Bran anymore. Remember? Oh yeah, so, he's. I don't know. He so just has Bran's th- that, memories. That's a weird theory, but like it would kind of help explain some stuff about why Bran isn't utilizing this power he has of being everywhere, anywhere. He's just sulking like a moody teenager. Yeah, so. Stupid. I'm sick of Bran, but but he's gonna he's gonna be important. You he's know, he's gonna he will, survive. So. Yeah. Um. All right. So that was a lot of Game of Thrones talk. We have the finale next week. Um, yeah. I think it'll be a longer episode. This this past was longer as well. This was a 75 minute episode. If the meeting if the meeting happens next week, there's gonna have a there's a lot of stuff's gonna have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and and you know there's going to be a painful setup for season seven, uh, season eight. Yeah, like it's going to be so bad. Painful cliffhanger. For some reason, they start doing cliffhangers this season. Cliffhanger at the end of a season is reasonable. No, no, during like, the season. No, 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 I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I, I'm saying at the end of a season, I can live with that. But they did so many cliffhangers during the season that it's like we were saying before, it's not like Game of Thrones. Uh, but like you know it'll be like Game of Thrones to have a cliffhanger at the end of the season. They will not let you go away and be content that you have to wait for six months or however long it's going to be. It's so dumb because it's not like I'm not going to watch the final yeah, season. Yeah, I know, I know. But they want people talking about Whatever. it. They want people okay. talking about it. So Moving along, um, we'll quickly do the movie review. Yep. Um, Derek and I saw Dunkirk. Uh, with our uh, other roommate on Friday, was it? Friday. Uh, in theaters. In theaters. We saw Dunkirk. Uh, Christopher Nolan film. Also wrote, uh, what, Interstellar. I think, did he do Batman's? Batman I think Begin- he did the Batman movies. Batman movies. A couple he also of them, did yeah. uh, Inception. Is that Christopher Nolan? Yeah, I think it was. Maybe, yeah. Um, anyway, very dark, gritty movies. Um, pretty uh, thought provoking movies. Um, and Dunkirk was his foray into World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very cool story, yeah. um, but we didn't love the movie. Derek, reactions? So, uh, you know, they're all the the army is all trapped on the beach, and they're cornered basically, and they need to get um, across the channel. They need to get across the channel, and so they're having troubles getting people loaded onto ships. Like they can only pull one ship up at a time, and like they're getting attacked every time. Like they're constantly getting attacked, airstriked. Um, they have some fighter pilots that are helping them to defend the area, but it's tough. So without, I mean, without going into the plot all that much. There's not much of a plot. The pl- so it's, it's like a really hard movie to watch. Like it's, it's certainly uh, heavy. It's a, it's not like a Sunday movie. It's a it's it's a struggle of a movie to watch because you're sort of enduring every struggle throughout the entire thing that they are. You know, from the very first scene of of like. The, the kid that's running from gunfire and he's like he runs his way all the way to the beach and he's sort of like trying to sneak into groups to get him find his way home this whole time and like everything is a struggle like j- just getting a stretcher with one wounded guy to the boat docking area yeah. is like through crowds and crowds of people and it's like right right after that happens like they start getting bombed and it's just like everything it's always like one problem after the next after the next after the next and you never have any relief. The entire movie, there's yeah. really no relief. It's just a lot of artificial tenseness. Yeah. Which I didn't love because yeah. you, at some point, like you, un- you understand it because he's a great director and it's a very well made movie. Yeah. The cinematography is excellent. The acting's excellent. But you're just watching these kids. You're just watching a lot of mini stories unfold, and you know the ending. It's just dumb and tense. Mm-hmm. And something's gonna go wrong. It's just a very—it's hard to describe. But the story of Dunkirk is so cool. A bunch of Sunday sailors, like guys in sailboats who yeah. like fishing boats, crossed, civilians, civilians, civilians yeah. crossed the channel, picked up ten, fifteen, twenty soldiers at a time, brought them back across the channel in this war zone. Yeah. And instead of that showing how cool that was, they just followed three kids who were basically mute. Could barely said two words the entire movie. You don't um, even know their names. Don't like, even know their names. Like, you really don't get anyone's name. Uh, I left name the movie, and the movie. first thing I said was, can you name three people's names? No. I couldn't name one person's yeah, name. I don't think I can either. I can't name one person's yeah. name in that movie. I, I've, uh, it, the people on the, the civilians on the boat, their their names were known. I forget them. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but they, they had They had, they had names. names. But but most of the, the soldiers mostly didn't have names. Or, or, or at least not obvious names. They might have been mentioned once, and we missed it. But like, um, 
it's that. And like you said, the, the they really follow one family of not even a family, one trio of civilians on a boat that, that they follow only them. Like they, they just keep getting we into don't trouble. get any There's other stories about civilians like the whole the civilians were the savior. Like, like the civilians came in, in waves like there's like 20, and 30, even, even, 40 boats. And even the civilians that we followed didn't end up making it to the beach and taking people. Yeah. They ended up. Yeah. I mean, spoilers, saving people spoilers, in the yeah. water. They just yeah. picked some people up in the water. Yeah. And after around. an attack. It's like it was a lot. And then like even those the people on the boat. They have their troubles. Like they pick up the, without spoiling too much. They pick up a pilot in the water, and like there's some drama with that. And like and there's like background ticking the entire movie, like tick, tick, like yeah. a clock's going tick, 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 yeah. tick, 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 the entire yeah. movie. So you feel like you're about to have a heart attack. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> tense and stress stressful movie. And then th- to compound all of that, they sort of jump around in the timeline a little bit. Yeah. With the, like there's a story of Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's character is a fighter pilot, and he ends up. You know, he's a very important character in the movie in the long run, but for the entire movie, he's just flying his plane around. And, like, he's not flying his plane around the ocean for three days. <laughs> like, yeah. he's flying it for two hours, but, but they keep revisiting that point in time. And, like, they're jumping before and after, before and after this whole pilot centric plot line. And so, I don't know. It's bad. It, it was a well made movie, um, but I did not enjoy it. I would never recommend it. I would never watch it again. Um, I won't watch it again, certainly. And I don't think I would recommend it either. I wouldn't like strongly recommend you not see it. Like, like, I mean, but as long as you know what you're getting into, fine, go see it. Like it's, that's what it is. I didn't enjoy it. So I didn't enjoy it. Um, all right, let's rate it. All right. You want to rate it first or do you want me to rate it first? Uh, Dunkirk gets a 45% Steve Nicholas avocados, brown guac, brown guac. Um, I'm giving you 41 Derek dragon fruits, which is, um, rotten colada. (laughs) I like that a lot. (laughs) Rotten colada. Rotten colada. Cool. So, um, all right. Last piece of business. We did talk about the Dunkin' Donuts Oreos a long time a ago. A long time ago. We were confused about them. We were confused about them. I found them and bought them. Yep. And we tried did. them. We tried them. What do we think? They're good. Very I, good. I like them. Um, they, they're interesting. That like they. So mocha was the flavor you got, right? Dunkin' mocha. Donuts mocha. It's an Oreo with mocha. With mocha. Dunkin' Donuts mocha. Dunkin' filling. Donuts mocha filling. So it's like chocolate coffee filling in a. Right. And it actually. It does the trick. It does it correctly. It does. Like I, it's the first thing I said when, um, when I brought him in and tried the first one was like, it does just enough. And then, Rob said it does just enough, and <laughs> I said does just enough. Yeah. That that's kind of how it went. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you you eat it, you're chewing it, you're not you're not hit with this overwhelming fake mocha flavor. You know, you don't get s- like splashed with that right away. I don't want to be splashed with any mocha. No. You're chewing. You're like, okay, this is an Oreo, but it's different. It's not. It's not a regular Oreo. It's obviously you can, not. You a can regular immediately Oreo. identify that, but you don't get hit with this rush of like, oh, it's a this Oreo, it's a that Oreo. Yeah. No, you're just like, okay, what is this? It's like, oh, it's an interesting chocolate taste. It basically takes until you are, you, you you've already chewed the whole thing, and now you're like, oh, you you start to get this mocha flavor. You're like, all right, this isn't bad. And then the aftertaste is mocha. You know, the aftertaste is mocha, but it's the right amount of mocha. It's I'm pro the flavor, and I think it should stick around. I think so too. I actually do, and and now I'm interested to see what else they do because I was a skeptic of this idea. Yeah, you were. I was like, you were too "How many skeptical. different flavors can Dunkin' Donuts make?" Like, Dunkin' Donuts, name your favorite Dunkin' Donuts coffee flavors: cookie dough, Oreo, like mocha so, fudge. Like, so what is what are they going to contribute to Oreo flavors? Like, they're a coffee company, you know, so they're going to make a coffee flavor. Should and they make an Oreo Dunkin' Donuts flavored <laughs> coffee filled <laughs> Oreo? Oreo? <laughs> 
So the, the cream is Dunkin' Donuts Oreo coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was skeptical, but the first iteration is good, and we'll see what else they come out with. I, if they come out with uh, – mocha is one of their main coffee swirl flavors. Caramel is another. Yeah. If they come out with a caramel, I will be all over trying that and seeing seeing what that tastes like. You hear that, Dunkin' Donuts? You make a caramel swirl Oreo. You'll have at least one Because caramel swirl is probably the most common uh, flavored coffee that I get from Dunkin'. So. It's, it's certainly one of them. So there you go. There you go. All right. Well, that does it for pop culture. That's it. Um, I think now we move along right into sports. The Monster Jam. Sports. So you, we don't have sports. No sports. We tricked you. You thought that you see, you guys thought that we were doing a sports section because we went all the way through. We played the intro. We already told you we had no sports. You should have known that, but you guys thought we were about to do sports. Well, we're not. So idiots. Idiots. All right. Final drive. You want to go first or second? I'm gonna go second. Second. Okay. I'll go first. Um, so, Movie Pass is the name of this company. Give, give credit where it's due. Steve uh, had the idea for Movie Pass stolen <laughs> from him by this Movie Pass company. Um, no, I, I found Movie no, Pass. No, so Steve found Movie Pass. Uh, we had a similar idea, honest to goodness, before yeah. finding Movie Pass. We did have a similar idea because we were one day thinking about what other industries you could make a class pass of. You know, for those of you who don't know class pass, it's a gym subscription thing. You can look it up. I'm not going to explain that now. But um, so Movie Pass is a company that Steve found. It's actually existed for about six years. It's a subscription movie going company service that uh, used to cost 50 bucks a month for unlimited movies. So you'd pay $50 a month, and you could go to as many movies as you wanted and, uh, in the theaters and to, uh, at, at, at um, participating theaters for MoviePass. Now, that was a model that would base itself on you not actually going to the movies like 50 times or yeah. th- you know, 30 times a month once a day. So that model was okay, but they never really got big, and they weren't succeeding much. So Netflix, former CEO... Um, Something Low is his, I forget his first name. Um, something Low is, something is the guy's low. name. He, he's a former Netflix CEO, former Redbox CEO. He is hired as MoviePass's CEO, and they get a huge investment from this analytics firm that just bought into like 50% of the company like last week or, or the week before. And so they are using this money to fund a pricing overhaul. So they take their $50 a month subscription, and they brought it down to $10 a month. So Which for ten dollars a month, for less than the cost of one movie ticket, you go to unlimited movies for the month. That doesn't seem like real at all, but it's it's real. And like so, I actually signed up for it today. So I'm getting my card in the mail in a week probably, and we'll see how it works. But I can go to as many movies as I want in a month at AMC Movie Theater in the Common, right up here, walking distance. Now AMC has publicly blasted Movie Pass and said that it's a terrible model, but there's nothing they can do about it because Movie Pass is actually just buying your ticket for you. Yeah, that's all they're doing is that you pay them a service. And then they are buying your ticket for you. The middle piece is all of your movie-going data, which MoviePass believes will be a goldmine if, if they can get their subscriber base up based on the funding they just got to get a whole... Basically, they're going to pay for this, the losses right now so that they can get this massive user base, audience, and database and sell it to a bunch of people. It's, so a, good, it's a good model. It's, it's an intriguing model. Risky AF. It's risky AF. And I personally don't care if it succeeds or not because I'm going to the movies for $10 a month <laughs> as many times as I want. Then you want it to so succeed. I want it to succeed, obviously, I do. Um, but even if it does, it's not like you're hinging yourself to some risk here. As the user, you're you're just participating in this launch. And I think it's totally worth it for everyone to do. So um, moviepass.com, check it out. They're a little bit glitchy right now. You, I couldn't sign up with Facebook. I had to sign up with the email option. Um, but it worked once I signed up with the email option. And my card is supposedly in the mail. So we'll see. 
when it gets here, I can report back to you in like another podcast or two about whether it works and, and what happens. So there, there you go. go. Movie I'm excited. Pass. I'll probably get it too. I mean, it's, yeah. there's literally no reason not to. It's you, less you, than the price of one movie ticket. If you happen to go to a movie. Now, in fairness, I don't go to the movies once a month. I probably so don't either. So it is, it is actually an increase in my movie spending. But value-wise, it's it's pretty it's, good. You can't pass up on a value yeah. like that. So. Um, okay. Is that done? You're done, done. with this? Done. Cool. So my final drive is going to be college football just released the AP poll. Ooh, yeah. Um, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> so all I'm going to talk about now, since we don't have a ton of time, is Florida State plays Alabama in the first game of the season. Um, and that's, so that's Alabama's ranked number one. Florida State is actually ranked number three. Uh, Ohio State is in between them. Ohio State's ranked number two. So the reason we're allowed to have these huge games up front is because of the new format, with the new playoff format. format. So... A loss at the beginning of the season doesn't rule you out of the national championship game, game anymore. It actually, if you play well and lose, will boost your stock as a good loss. Um, so it affords them this type. Usually the games, the first game of the season is going to be a, a cupcake game, get your team warmed up, get a big win under your belt, go into the rest of the season. Now it's actually beneficial for these teams to play a legit team that if a win could be huge. And because anyone can win one game a season, there's nerves, there's people, there's new quarterbacks, there's new systems. Um, but they, the AP poll ranked them one in three. This could have been the first ever time a one played a two at the beginning of the season to open up a college football season. Yeah. And instead, I mean, I know I get it. it there's ramifications down the line for if you're two versus three. But this is the opportunity to do that. This is that make this 1v2, make it a huge game, pump it up as big as you can get it, and see how it works. Because yeah. this is the test. Now a bunch of, like, I don't know, it's still 1v3, it's not that. It's not actually that it's big of a difference. still the highest ranked opening matchup ever. Yeah, um, but w w what's the difference between rating FSU 2 and Ohio State 3? Like, there's really no difference at that early in the stage besides yeah, how cool the game could and be. And they also come out, they make a big deal about that first college football playoff ranking instead of like the AP ranking you know all yeah. year it's like that oh now here's the full, there's the playoff ranking it's different you know yeah. we do that like with like six weeks left so yeah. it's like it's stupid anyway um, just want to touch on that it's going to be a big game either way both teams I think it's unless one team gets blown out which is possible um, but it, I think it's going to be a good it's going to be a win either way even if you lose like if you win if you lose a close game Obviously, you'd like to win your first game of the season, but it doesn't cripple you. And in the long run, you'd be like, wow, they played Alabama really tight, who's now in the playoffs. And that was the beginning of the season. FSU's gotten a lot better or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think either way, it's it's a win-win, but um, should have been one versus two. Should have yeah. been one versus two. I would have been on board with one versus two, but yeah. what can you do? What can you do? Alrighty, that wraps up episode number 75 of You Heard It Here Second. Over the hump, Over closer the to hump. 100. Closer to 100, one more, one more along the way. So we got Austin Giles to thank for coming on the show, uh, being a great guest about PC football and about The Office, uh, crushing that Know Your Tens. And uh, that's pretty much it, I think. So pretty much it. That's it. We'll see you guys next week for episode 76. Later days. <laughs>